At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com podcast (laughs) it's been a long time since we've done this is it a year probably oh my goodness it is a week to the year we released our last podcast on march 12th we're recording this on march 7th so it hasn't quite been a year (laughs) so there we didn't wait a whole year to do a podcast but Apologies because we did not exactly do what we said we were going to do. Which was a monthly update podcast? Is that what we were going to do? (laughs) We said we were going to do more podcasts this year, and we didn't. We have a couple of episodes coming out where we're going to catch everybody up to speed on where we went, what happened. Uh, But we'll get this out of the way just right up first here. We told you we were going to be doing a podcast diary of the move, and then we did (laughs) it. And we will tell you why all that happened, but essentially it was just moving created chaos chaos and problems and things took longer than we thought. Right. But now here we are. We're sitting in a podcast studio. Not the not the final podcast location for us. But so we think. Temporary. Yes. Who knows? Moving, Who knows? Right? Moving. But definitely um, we're set up to go. We're gonna today's episode of Home Study. That feels good to say. Season two officially of Home Study is going to be about where we left you, which was saying, "Hey, we're going to list our house and sell and move." Newsflash: We moved. Yes. If you've been watching any of the videos on YouTube, you've seen that. I hope you're watching YouTube videos because we did really good about keeping up with that. We did. For an entire year, a daily, five videos a week. Yeah, almost daily. Almost daily. And uh, we did not skip out. Even we went on a family vacation. We kept doing videos. I mean, we kept going. So if you haven't been watching on YouTube and you're wondering what happened, you disappeared, you pod faded, that's what these next few episodes of Homestudy Season 2 are going to dive into. We'll catch you up on what's happened. Today, look forward to learning about selling a homestead. How to sell a homestead, how we sold our homestead in one week for the amount of money we wanted to get. And and moving a homestead, how we moved our entire life in homestead to another state. So that's what you got to look forward to in today's episode of Homesteady. All right. Should we jump right in? Like... Last time they heard us talking on these microphones. We said 
we've listed our house or no, no we, we just said we are going to sell this house and move to a bigger farm right our family is about to have a huge change in our life for the first time since austin and i have been married we are moving out of state out of the state of connecticut it's the first time i've ever moved out of the state of connecticut the farthest i've ever moved was like 20 minutes north yeah and that was the podcast came out march 12th 2018 mm -hmm. and we just checked this morning like two weeks after that we had we had the offer. final the final offer yeah, yeah we had got the offer we've been on the market for a week and is it two weeks to the day wednesday so almost two weeks. On Wednesday, it'll be two weeks. We just got our first offer. I don't think we're gonna accept it because you know you gotta play ball. But um, like we're gonna counter. I don't know. We gotta talk about it. We this have no cool. idea what we to have do. no idea what we're gonna do. But this is cool. The initial offer, and then that was the final one. So let's rewind a little bit. We were living in Connecticut on a 10-acre, beautiful little homestead farmstead called had, Squash Hollow Farm. Yeah, we had been there. Uh, seven years. Seven years. As we said in the last episode, your parents came to visit back in February of 2018. And your dad threw what he had been throwing at us for a long time. He threw out the offer again. Hey, would you guys like to move to Pennsylvania? But there was something a little bit different about this offer. Yeah, I feel like he definitely added a little bit more of the, um, he needed help. So he tugged at my heartstrings. He said, we need help managing the family farm. Now this farm is about 100 acres. It's been in my family since my great-grandfather, since the, I would say probably 30s. So 100 acres in, in the family since the 30s. My aunts and uncles all live here. My dad, my mom all live here. My sister lives on this property. But there's a large area of it that my dad had to be keeping up with. So it didn't mean farming. He wasn't farming it at all. But he was mowing, just making sure that the fields didn't all go to weeds and trees. And he said, I'm getting older. I want less to do. I know you guys are into the homesteading, the farming thing. It would be a great place for you all to move to do this. He's made this offer before, right? He, he's wanted us to move back for as long as we've been married, which has been 10 years. This time, I think he just made it and didn't really anticipate us agreeing to <laughs> it because it's been a hard no every time. <laughs> but for us in this point in our lives, I think for the first time, Oh, no, you creaked. I creaked. For us, in this point of our lives, for the first time, it actually kind of made sense. And you didn't say no right away. <laughs> I, for years, had an easy out of this because I didn't really, in the first place, personally want to move away from Connecticut. And my work was always in Connecticut. So it was like, no, we can't, no, we can't, no, we can't. But we had been transitioning to trying to do homestudy full-time, YouTube full-time. 
I'm making a huge jump in my life right now. I've been running a marketing business, helping other clients make content, grow their businesses, build websites, videos. It's been a really great line of work and I've enjoyed working with some really great businesses. But now I'm making a big jump. I'm going full-time with Homesteady. That means a full-time content creator. Will I have more free time? Honestly, I don't know. Content creation is a lot of work. Will I make more money? Definitely not right now. There is a pay cut. Will I have more freedom? Well, a lot of that depends on whether or not I build the right kind of business with my content business. It's a scary jump. I don't know if it's going to work. We had been transitioning to trying to do home study full-time, YouTube full-time, and that's a completely you know internet business. We could live anywhere. And suddenly this offer, which had been rejected so many times, was like, you know what? I'm trying to do home study. We could do more homesteading at the family farm. There'd be a lot more to do, a lot more space, better infrastructure. And I don't have any reason to stay in Connecticut for work. So I couldn't say no. And the fact that I, it wasn't my automatic like, well, no, suddenly turned it into maybe yes. And that took your dad by, well, it took your dad and your mom by surprise. <laughs> the timing was kind of uncanny since our we switched professions, the income naturally dropped, and living in a higher cost of living area was difficult. So we got this offer. We were already kind of contemplating moving to a lower cost of living area. Yeah, this kind of showed up, and it was something that was hard for you to say no to. So as we told you in the last episode of the show, we said yes. Yes. My headphones just appeared on my head for the video watchers. By the way, if you're listening on the podcast, we're going to put some of this on YouTube too so you can see see the podcast. See what it looks prefer. like. <laughs> uh, and if you're watching on YouTube, hello. We looked into it. We decided, and actually it won't surprise any of the podcast listeners, with such a huge decision to make, I needed some help really processing it and seeing whether or not it was a good decision. So, of course... Who are you going to call? We all in the chat there? Those of you longtime fans no. of the show, some of you have been wondering, who is this guy who's been hanging out in the last few videos? I don't know. This is my best friend from high school. And uh, after high school, he was the best man in my wedding, Accountant Mike. He also, for about six years, was the accountant for Squash Hollow Farm. He dumped me. <laughs> yes. When you talk about seeds, what, what sort of cost is involved in these seeds? You can tell he's never bought a seed. Oh. <laughs> we did all the math. It's actually costing you $2.62 to produce that dozen eggs. Uh-huh. Was it worth it? Yes. Okay. Uh, if we're talking about money, this is the easiest hands down I have ever, hands down, thumbs down, I have all hands, just everything, <laughs> the whole thing. If it's just money, this is a terrible idea and you should never do it. We got an a official, note. absolutely, <laughs> a thumbs up. <laughs> Great job. Thank you. This stuff looks really good out there. Accountant awesome. Mike, me and him sat down and he said, what do you want for your life? And you and me had already sat down and written down what we wanted. Every year we kind of do a life life goals. Mm -hmm. And it matched all the boxes of things we wanted. It would speed us up to getting to that point moving here. And so we did. So we did. We, we, I sat down with Accountant Mike and we went over it and we decided, yeah, 
You and Mike decided, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Decided. So, yeah, Mike said it looked like a good idea. Then we, of course, made the life decision. It wasn't Mike's decision. I don't know. It probably was. As soon as he said yes, we were on board. Count Mike gave it a thumbs up, so we better move. My logical side. And that's when we came on to this podcast and we said, hey, everybody, we're moving. I surprised your parents by saying yes to the offer. They were so surprised because my mom didn't even know my dad had asked <laughs> us. That's how surprised she was. Imagine that. He just told her, all right, well, because his what he decided to do was the home I grew up in would become our house and he would build another home. Which he had been already considering because he wants something a bit more um, retirement friendly. So something smaller for mom to take care of and something, he's looking ahead years in the future if they're in wheelchairs, something that's just accessible for them to stay there forever. So he said, all right, to my mom, we're, uh, we're going to build a house. The kids are going to move into this one. And your mom was like, what? <laughs> yeah, totally. I, I think I told her before he did. You let it slip accidentally. Yeah, so that's always fun. <laughs> Instantly, we all kind of went into motion of, all right, if we're going to do this, there's a million and one things to do. We have to get our property, Squash Hollow Farm, ready to be listed and eventually sell. We have to get in the works a whole moving an entire homestead. On their end, what did they have to do? They had a lot to do, too. They prep for a house, uh, build a house, move out of their house, which, as you know, isn't as easy as they make it seem on HGTV. There's oh, actually building a, a house? Yeah. There's months, and it's been almost, it's over a year now, project for them. Yeah. So everybody had a ton of work, and it was all kind of stuff that, you know, it just doesn't have you don't know how long it's going to take. So we didn't know how long it would take to move our house. And, right. And the initial podcast when we announced this, we had planned on being there until the summer in our house in Connecticut. Right. And we said that when we were talking in the last podcast almost a year ago, we said, you know, we're going to be yes. here. As far as our homestead here right now, we will be here until the summer, which means we're still going to have pigs. We are still going to be raising meat birds on a smaller scale than we've done it in the years past. Instead of 12 pigs this year, we'll do two. Instead of 75 meat birds, we're going to do 20. We will have a couple extra little cute surprises along the way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So stay tuned for that. Oh, man. Well, because... What a bunch of dummies. uh, Well, they... Because we're thinking, like, okay, my parents need this amount of time to build the house. Right. If it takes... However many months, nine months, they'll be done by summer, right? Yeah. And then we'll list the house and we'll get out of here. Hmm. Uh, I think it's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say no to I that. Think, I think I was the one 
It, our house, before we bought it, was on the market for a long time. We had tried to sell the house. No, I mean, like, before oh, we okay. bought it. got you. Yeah. Like, seven years ago, it was on the market for... for like, three years? Years. Yeah. Yes. It was... Uh, the woman who lived in there had died, and, and they had been trying price. to sell it. No. Nice property. Not a bad price. Market was down, though. So, it sat for a really long time. So, I'm thinking, like... We should list now. February. We should list now because it might take six months to sell this house. It might take a year to sell this house. Who knows? Yeah. Didn't. Uh, maybe Austin d- disagreed. I, I was... I didn't... We weren't ready. There was nowhere to go to. There was so much that was not ready. We didn't even put on this outline having to make this space. We'll have to talk about that. Well, I feel like that's... Maybe the next podcast because okay. this is all about leaving Connecticut, and that's sure. kind of like sh- here. where, yeah, what like did we why do? this okay. has taken so long? So we had nowhere to go, nothing in the works yet. I didn't want to be uprooted and just kind of floating around in the universe. But Kay was like, "No, what if it doesn't sell?" And your dad felt the same way, and our realtor did too. And our you know, realtor, the best time yeah. to sell a house, put on the market in early spring, right? So we decided... Because we tried listing a few years earlier in fall, winter. And that didn't work. And we had no no, uh, no offers, no interest, anything like that. We wound up selling the house at the price that we wanted, to, the amount of money we wanted to get. We had our offer in 10 days. And... At the time, that was really scary, and I wasn't exactly thrilled in that moment, but we that was a great success, to be able to sell your yeah. house for the money you want in 10 days. So we're going to dive into how the tricks, the, I don't know if tricks is the right word, but like the methods we use. Yeah, the tips we would give, right, if somebody yeah. were trying to sell their homestead. If you're trying to sell a home or a homestead, here's how we did it. If you're trying to upgrade to a bigger one or maybe downgrade to a smaller, more manageable homestead, that's good too. Uh, here's what we did. We were able to sell our homestead, which was not a beautiful equestrian farm, <laughs> in ten from the date of listing we had our offer in 10 days. Okay, so the first thing we had to do before we could get it on the market, before we even wanted to show it or anything, we had to clean the place. It was a mess. Yes, because you know how homesteads get. You save things that you might need someday. I have been called a hoardsteader in the past, and <laughs> I had all kinds of stuff. A lot we, of- had, we had stuff from the original owner of yeah. the house. That we said, maybe we'll use that someday. Don't get rid of it. Random pieces of like wooden railing and just like all kinds of... A ton of stuff. Railroad ties. Fortunately, we had just redone the basement. Made it... Yeah, that's true. Cleaned it out and made it look nice. That's true. And we had a year previous had that big tag sale and gotten rid of a lot of things. But we still needed to get rid of... We didn't want big junk piles. We didn't want the barns full of trash. So we took a lot of time and just cleared out the old... burn pile. Well, we did a lot of Craigslist yeah. and Goodwill. Goodwill, and then whatever we didn't Fre- need. Anything friends needed or wanted. We did do a, a dump run, which mm-hmm. we were fortunate. My dad's got a dump trailer. We loaded that thing up full of garbage and were able to bring it to the dump. Which, the reason we do that instead of renting a dumpster 
is the price difference is Huge. insane. Yeah. yeah. To do that, it was an entire trailer. I don't know how long it is, but it was packed full and it cost $100 to dump it. Versus like renting if you get a dumpster, dumpster for $800. In, yeah, it's, it's the price difference is crazy and you have we had as much time as we needed so we got rid of all that stuff once we cleared out like metal bunk beds we all had kinds kept yeah just to ridiculous. maybe use as a chicken tractor one day a bunch of pallets you know rest in peace pallets. <laughs> <laughs> after that then it was time to fix things things that when we moved in the house we we're like oh we're gonna have to do that mm-hmm. that we had not done because we didn't want people to walk in and see something wrong. Glaring is the way I would describe it. You don't want people to see glaring issues. Yeah. Even things that are innocent, that like, wouldn't be a really big deal to fix. Crack in the drywall. That the kids made, right? They yeah. kicked it and there was a small crack in the drywall. But you don't want people looking at that and thinking like, oh, there's some structural instability Maybe here. Maybe it's termites. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I just fixed it. I patched it. We painted the room. We fixed it. We painted everything very neutral, fixed any glaring issues. And that doesn't mean we did a remodel. There was nothing, no, no money spent on remodeling, just things that looked unfinished or broke. Right. Remodeling was something we did when we moved in. Yeah, we, we had We ripped updated. out some shag carpeting and oh, put in yeah. nice tile. A lot of shag carpeting. For It was nice. And... All we needed to do was kind of finish some projects that some people hadn't finished in a long time. Hmm. Anyways, <laughs> the next thing that we decided we were going to have to do once we actually had done all that cleaning and fixing was stage. Stage the place for the people who would eventually be coming to look at this place. Yeah, and I suppose that's partially why we painted too because you want to give – People a blank slate to start off, a, an easy blank slate that they can put their, put their imagine themselves in. Yeah, right? they want to imagine themselves in this space. So we didn't keep up our family photos and the little babies like, why are you taking my home? <laughs> <laughs> we kind of made the place look like a place anyone could insert themselves in. Changed some of the bedding, yes. not a lot. We didn't go crazy spending it a was, bunch of money. No, it was already things we had. But like. Made the sheets white. Neutral, right? bright. Um, took, took out more bunk beds. And once we went that far and the place was clean and slimmed down, for our photos, we actually, to put on our, because the next thing we had to do was really market this place, uh, we staged the house differently than how we lived in it. We moved certain rooms, like we made beds move and moved bunk beds took down bunk beds. yeah we took down bunk beds and that made the small rooms this house was built in the 50s the original part so the rooms were small but taking all this the clutter out taking the bunk beds out made them look so much bigger and brighter as well yeah we we said before the house is built into a mountain so it can be dark and it can be cold. Uh-huh. And those are two things that you never want anybody to say when they're walking in to see your house. Like, oh, wow. it's so musty and cold and You know, I'm a troglophile. I yeah. really like caves. So, <laughs> so we wanted great. bright, light, and warm. Ten points for getting to use the word troglophile, though. Oh, you're, you're telling yourself I'm that. I'm giving myself points. Good job, babe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... We staged it. Staged it. And then the next step, once you've got the cleaning, the fixing, and the staging done, 
just because, which we'll get to in a minute, you have a realtor or whoever you have helping you, you're still responsible. Anytime you want to sell anything, you have to market it. Yes. So we took beautiful pictures. We made a little brochure with the story, the history, uh, right down to like suggesting the places that they're going to go and eat, you know, get breakfast or where to get pizza. Uh, The photos we took with a wide angle lens. We lit the rooms. Yes. In our photos. In our photos. Because when you take a photo, the the photograph can't capture what your eye captures. No. So you need to add extra light. And having, but a flash on the camera is going to look awful. Awful. No. So we used some of like, we have the lights set up right now, our professional lights. Lit the rooms, wide angle lens. The pictures looked beautiful. We had this brochure with the story. We marketed this place to sweep people off their feet. Yeah, and we wanted to put the story in there because I don't know about you, but if I see somebody selling their house, I think, why? Why? What's wrong with it? Yeah. So we wanted to explain we're relocating to another state. Yeah. If we weren't, we would stay here forever. It's a wonderful place to raise a family, you know, like play it all up. Yeah, and we weren't, and that's the other thing. None of these are like tricks to like fooling people into a bad place. We loved that farm. We loved that location. Uh, so adding light to your photos is just so they can see it like you see it. Mm-hmm. And the wide-angle lens is just to be able to capture as much of the beautiful room the as space, you can yeah. capture. So these are all ways that if you are trying to sell a home or a homestead, you can do this work yourself. Yes, and I think it's so important because... Some realtors can be Mm old-fashioned, don't see the value in photos. Oh, man. But where do people go right away if they're looking for a house? So true. There's Zillow. Zillow. They see those photos, and that's what captures them. So it kind of leads us into our next point. Speaking of old-fashioned realtors and good realtors and bad realtors, we really suggest forget the realtor, sell it it yourself. (laughs) Forget it, sell yourself. No. No. There is a reason realtors exist. It is a a profession. You can be a professional at selling homes. You can be really good at it. Just because you're a realtor doesn't mean you are. No. Just like just because you own a guitar doesn't mean you're a professional musician. So just because your uncle is a licensed realtor doesn't necessarily mean that's who you should use. Right. We've experienced that because when we first bought our house... Because he was old-timey, nice guy. Very nice guy. So it was like once we met him, we couldn't say no. Mm. But he didn't do anything. And we were the buyers, so it was not as important to have, like, a awesome realtor. No, he, like, gave me the MLS so I could uh, look up houses on my own, (laughs) which is pretty much how we found our house is I found it and said, why don't we go look at this one? Although I would say... I shouldn't say, like, just because you're the buyer, you don't need a good realtor. Because when you're buying a property, the advice is a big part of it. Yes. If you're new, and that's that's one of the reasons we suggest that you get a realtor buying or selling is because you're not a professional at doing this. Just like anything in life, if you want to be a professional runner, you run a ton. If you want to be a professional musician, you play music every day. If you want to be a professional at selling and buying properties, you do it a lot. You don't do it once every three or four years. Yeah, or once ever as we and as we were doing. 
because you'll make mistakes and when you're buying a three hundred thousand dollar or a four hundred thousand dollar property whatever you're buying it's the most you can afford usually yeah. right this is like it for and you and the ten percent mistake you'll make is going to cost you thirty thousand dollars so get the help of a realtor and a really good one yeah so we did <laughs> he was fantastic he came recommended from friends of ours and he he showed us like he showed us i'm the best in the area these are my numbers yeah because he was he you, was the best in the area you can see the sales the statistics you can ask the realtor hey can i see your last three years mm-hmm. he knew he was the best yes. he showed he us. brought them with him take a look at my stats you can't argue with them stats what did his license plate say uh sell with me sell with me yeah, yeah. Like, he's great such a nice guy really and good so really helpful sharp. very sharp he knew the market in our area he was the one who told us list it early, early spring we thought let's list when it's spring and, and beautiful green grass he says yeah. no 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 people are getting itchy it's mm-hmm. february get it out there we're like mud season's coming yes it's it's going to be nothing but mud no one's he said your buyer isn't going to care about that no and it was march we listed the place did not look beautiful Mm -mm. it always looked so beautiful in like may it was clean like we said it was clean but no leaves on the trees the The grass wasn't green there was snow everywhere still and it didn't matter because 10 days after listing he was right we had our buyer now one little point even such a good realtor as our realtor was who if you're in connecticut in we were in western what, northern litchfield, litchfield, litchfield county. county joe i'll say it joe chimero was our realtor call him up tell him you heard about him from austin k from homesteady even even joe who was awesome when it came to pictures he, he would use a photographer. He would use a photographer to get his photos. So that's why you really want to make sure you get good photos. Yeah. Because once in a while we had something that we didn't have a photo of and, and like a, a snapshot with the cell phone. Just no, didn't it's cut just it. not the so. same. Though that's how we did it. Ten days after listing, we wanted to get. We listed about ten grand over. We because we knew everyone knows you got a bargain, right? right? So we listed ten grand over. And they countered at, was it 15 or 20 under? Something like that. And we bumped it back to what we wanted. To what we wanted. And we got it. We had our offer. Yeah. We were shocked. (laughs) It's such a unique property for the area. It's not what a lot of people are looking for in that area. It's a big property, but the house isn't huge. It's for kind of a different buyer. You're not a millionaire looking for a mansion on a large estate. And if you're selling a homestead, it's going to be the same for you. You're waiting for the right buyer. Someone who sees the barns and is excited, right? Sees, yeah. Sees the pastures, the water lines you've run in the electric or the orchard you planted. Yeah. And you're like, this is what we want. The garden to them is not an eyesore. It's their future project. Yeah. It's like so. tree, fruit trees. I don't have to plant fruit trees. Totally. Awesome. Yeah. So the people who bought it are... Wanting to start doing hops, and yep. he's a... He does brewing. Even the old foundation was something that appealed to them because yeah. they thought about building a shop there someday. Which is one of the things we liked about the place right. we moved in. So if you are selling a homestead, just remember, you're not every person coming through. We did have a lot of people come through, and it was just not for them. But we had, in 10 days, we had our buyer. Yeah, we had a ton of showings. Yeah, we had a lot of showings. 
and some some people come through and you think like you would get the feedback from them like oh it's too small but you know how big it is you know all the square footage is right there yeah. you knew you couldn't fit like 40 people in this house why did you even look on showings that's another good tip we have we treated showings like a show we treat everything like a show baby. we like putting on shows when we knew someone was coming to see the property we cleaned everything we take like two hours and clean the whole yeah. place which is a was, lot of work but our house was very clean that month and we were like living like minimalist kids get your toys in a box <laughs> what toys uh, there yeah. are no toys we had the place cleaned every time. We left every time. Mm -hmm. We didn't want to be there. Because you know if you're going to look at a property and Which, the owners are right there. That happened before. We went to, to a property, yeah, when we were looking for a house. And Ugh. the people were there. And it's just so awkward. It was it, Because you want to walk around and be like, honest. Oh, I don't like this. But this is really nice. But you can't say anything. Because they're people like. Are right there. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, I'm not paying attention to right. what you're saying about my house and all that I love. <laughs> Even just being, we couldn't even go outside because it still just kind no. of puts a cloud over the yeah. whole thing. So we rushed through. And you don't want people to rush through. You want them to take their time and yeah. really get to know the place. We lit the stove because it was March. We the lit pellet the pellet stove. stove yeah, every not time. the cooking stove. <laughs> we, we baked bread. Did, did we? You did cookies, I think, one time. Did we? But not every time. No. But we did. We lit the pellet stove. Yeah, we turned all nice. the lights yeah, on. Yeah, all the lights on. It was, it was a show. Yeah. And... All these things combined, we sold our house in 10 days. Our homestead, which is a bigger thing than even just a house. Yes, yeah, huge. And for what we wanted, we got the money we wanted from it. We were fortunate. We bought the house in the low time for the market. We got it low. We put in a lot when yes. we remodeled it when we first moved in. And we lived there, and we were able to make money off the sale of our homestead, which was great. Yeah. And we so, sold at a good time. Right. So we were able to pay off the mortgage as well as put some into savings. Yeah. So we left that homestead debt-free with a save money in savings, which is a good place to be when you're moving. Because as we're about to dive into in the second half of this podcast, moving is a ton of work. It costs money time effort and being out of debt and having a little bit of extra money to work with helped we're going to get into the moving a homestead in the second part of this podcast okay i'm gonna get a piece of chocolate this episode of homesteady is brought to you by a piece of chocolate <laughs> just one, just one generic, piece of, generic chocolate. piece of chocolate oh man studio fail Okay, we're back with the second half. This episode of Homesteady is actually brought to you by the Homesteady Pioneers. They are the only way that we are able to do this podcast because monetizing a podcast is really hard these days. And honestly, you, the listener, if you believe in the show, if you like the show, it's back. Sorry it went away for a long time, but now the studio is built. We are doing this. I, I built a studio. It's not going anywhere. We're back for a regular year, and if you want to make sure it keeps going, it's five bucks a month to become a pioneer, and that's how we can do this podcast. And it won't always be about moving. <laughs> no, so, someday we'll talk about chickens. Yes. Or a duck. We will talk about, actually, I think right now we're going to start talking about the animals, We're going right? to talk about chickens, ducks. Goats. Two cows. Cows. Let's get into animals. All right. And moving them. Moving. Across state lines. The homestead. 
So the, the moving process started almost as quickly as the selling process. So we went from we're moving in the summer to you have, what was it, eight weeks to closing or yeah. six weeks? We bumped it up to 60 days. Okay. So two months. But initially they wanted like a 30 they, day or <laughs> Yes. Because their, where they were living was being sold. So right. they needed a place to go quickly. They needed to get out. Yeah. And we, so here's the thing. When her dad pitched us, hey, let's do this, his house, his second house was not built. The ground wasn't even broken. Nothing, because no, he didn't nothing. know we were going to say yes. So he had to then start building a house. We're one of the wettest years ever in Pennsylvania. It turned out to be. <laughs> yeah. So we needed to figure out, all right, we need to go there. We need to go somewhere there, and we need to move this whole thing. In the next episode, we're going to talk about what we did here in Pennsylvania in Pennsylvania to move into because as it turns out it took a lot longer to build that second house than we had hoped as it turns out when you move like four months five months earlier than planned your plans have to change a oh, lot man, so, much. <laughs> so once again I will take credit for that <laughs> and for selling our house so quickly and efficiently I will take credit for that <laughs> you go girl yeah we had to suddenly say, oh, this is happening and we have to move everything. everything. So the first advice, now we're going to get into the subject of if you have to move farms and homestead. And this is very specific to moving a homestead because if you're moving from an apartment to a homestead, put your stuff in a box and go there. You got so much space. You know, I don't feel sad for you. <laughs> well, that's what we did first and the move was much easier. Right. The first time we moved, we, we from an apartment to a farm. And, right. We went to a farm. When you're moving from a farm to another farm, over those years, we had acquired livestock that we cared about, that we did not that want to get rid of. That we invested a lot in. And had not seen returns on. No. Particularly, we're talking about the cows. <laughs> well, we liked the cows, so <laughs> we were keeping them. We had gotten into cows a year previous with no idea we were going to be moving. No. But we did not, and still to this day, do not have a livestock trailer. Because our business model doesn't require us to move cows a bunch. It's a someday purchase. Yeah, one of these days we'll upgrade to one, but we didn't have a livestock trailer. And on top of cows, we had chickens that we unfortunately could not just that put in the freezer. our son is attached to. We had... Ducks that our daughter is attached to. So the, the fowl had to come. And we just bought goats. Well, let's... We didn't just buy goats. Rumor got to Pennsylvania... Hey, the Martins are coming. The Martins are coming. And Kay's aunt, who we talk about from time to time, one of the inspirations Kay had growing up to Homestead, uh, she has a huge herd of goats, and she was looking for some new bucks. So she asked us, hey, as long as you're coming here with a bunch of animals, do you mind bringing a couple goats along with you? They're our neighbors. It's a nice way to establish good, you know, goodwill. goodwill. We're on the family farm now. They're right over the hill. And we don't ever mind going to see baby goats, so we thought, sure, we'll go pick up a couple goats for you. Because we're suckers. And as I've always warned, when you go and see baby goats, what happens? Well, you buy baby goats, even and if you weren't planning on buying baby goats. That's and what Even happened. if you were moving in a matter of weeks, and you've got baby goats. And then you bought one baby goat, but you can't just have one baby goat. No, you need another goat. You do. And why buy another baby goat? Because you can't get milk from a baby goat. So how about you buy another adult goat? 
So <laughs> turns out we were buying more livestock to move. And it yes. didn't stop there. The timing was poor. <laughs> no. We also, for some reason, well, I think mainly because we thought we weren't moving until the summer, ordered our meat birds for the year. And we, I don't know. I don't know if we could have canceled that order. Probably not. Probably yes. But you should have just paid whatever just it takes to cancel an order of chickens. chickens. To the wind. That's okay. Because now we had not only alive animals to move, but we had dead animals to move. But before they could be dead animals. Well, we had to get them we had to get, butchered. <laughs> so ridiculous. I know. We got staggered meat birds. We had Cornish crosses, which take eight weeks to get to full body weight. And we had rangers, which take 12 weeks. And we had bought them at the same time. The goal was to see how they each grow. We were going right. to do a video series right. on this to but no, that didn't end up happening. Instead, we were busy moving, and we couldn't do any comparisons or anything. Instead, we just had to kind of split the difference and have them all butchered when the Cornish were super fat and the Rangers were... Beautiful birds, though. Yeah. I mean, they're delicious. We're still eating Nice them. size. It just meant that we're moving. We have 50 birds. Yeah, it was a lot. We had 50 meat birds to take care of, and three bottle baby goats to feed all while we were packing for a move it was it was a lot don't do that our first tip if you're moving a homestead downsize your herd downsize your flock now's the time to cull your older birds if your kids if they're not your kids birds uh and don't get new animals before you move you don't need that no if you can try to avoid doing that at all costs don't have any bottle babies no don't have any chicks to raise Eh, you can get anything you want where you're going right (laughs) yeah amen when you're already there are plenty of goats in pennsylvania much easier to buy it where you're at than so much easier where you're coming from as far as animals to be butchered and brought moving meat is an incredible amount of work and it has not stopped for us. We are still moving meat in freezers because as we'll get to, we're not yet in the house that we're moving into finally. That's for another future episode here. We're still moving meat, frozen meat. It would depend on how far you're moving. If you're moving like an hour away. And I don't know, it's still a lot. It's a hassle because meat's heavy. Because here's how you move meat. (laughs) Meat is in a freezer. Yeah. (laughs) You cannot lift that freezer with meat. No, it's too heavy. Unload that freezer. First, you have to put the heaviest things forward. And for us, that was chest freezers full of meat. But no, we didn't carry the freezers into the truck full of meat. That would have been impossible. Instead, we had to empty each freezer and then carry the meat in small containers into the truck. Then I went and stacked all the meat into the chest freezer. Once it had been moved into the truck, and of course, afterward, Kay had to redo it because I did such a bad job at it. Once the chest freezers were loaded into the truck, we ran an extension cord out to the truck and plugged both freezers in. They're going to be in the truck for the next couple days, and we need them to stay cold until we drive. Once the big heavy chest freezers were full, plugged in, and keeping our meat cold, it was time to fill in the rest of the truck. At this point, well, it's pretty much just stacking boxes. 
Heavy things on the bottom, light and small things at the top. a little uh, oh, I'm getting uh, resentment here. <laughs> <laughs> I say, I, looking back, I wish we just did a huge sale, sell as much of your meat as you can and do a huge barbecue. And I know now that we're here, it's nice to have the meat. We're, we're going to be working through it, you know, for the next year. So we it still is nice have, to have. We just finished the last of the Squash Hollow Farm bacon. So that was sad. We've got one more pack of jowl Ooh, bacon, I look think. at that. One more jowl bacon. That's going to be celebration bacon. Oh, at the new, bacon. When we're finally done moving? Yes. All right, good. The next thing we did that was really kind of dumb, we had just made a bulk purchase of feed. And when we say we... You mean let's, me? Let's place... There was a lot of cow feed. Let's, you had to get a ton. You couldn't stand not getting a ton. I like my discounts. Because you get a better price on a ton yeah, of feed. but that's... It's like us. What is it? We're not going to go through Penny for this. an inch... Penny, Penny, what's the saying? I have no idea what you're talking about. Sayings are not his strength. <laughs> they know. He this. always messes them up. Pen, pen, pinch for a penny. I don't know. There's like penny for a pound. Yes. But like why? Penny. Why are you saying that? Because like I was trying to save pennies on the feed, but then like now I have to have more moving truck space to put a ton of feed. Right. That so happened. yeah, don't buy animals. Don't, don't buy bulk. Butcher feed. animals. Don't buy feed. Try not to go grocery shopping for a week, for goodness sakes. Yeah. For any of you, the, feed, the animals or the humans. We had so much to move that we wound up moving in stages. We decided, you know, all these animals, all this stuff, we can't do it all at once. We couldn't physically. We just didn't have enough people to drive. <laughs> we needed to take a livestock trailer. We had a U-Haul trailer, we had a Penske truck, and we had the um, like landscape trailer. Looking back, could have consolidated. We a just bit. talked about this the <laughs> yeah. other day. We could have gotten rid of more things, uh-huh. as we now know because of the project we just finished, which we'll talk about in a bit. Uh, we could have got rid of more, and I think we absolutely could have moved one in one move. I think so too. But we came down here earlier to work on getting a place for us to move into a temporary living space which is what we're in right now we'll talk about more in a future podcast uh so we had to come down here anyway so we thought well let's do two moves yeah it just ended up Ooh. it made everything you had to decide everything twice yeah you had to decide first are we keeping it next you had to decide when are we moving it when if it had just been one move, it would have forced us to get rid of more stuff, yes. which would have been better. And one set of decisions. Yeah, we wouldn't have to keeping decide it so or much. moving it. Okay, moving it. Not okay. Keeping it now. Moving Come it. Off. Moving it now or moving it in two weeks. Decision fatigue is a real Oof. thing when you're moving. So bad. Especially if you're moving a business, which our farm was our business. We had invested a lot in it, so there were... Oh, man. You don't want to buy some things twice. Yeah. But sometimes we just went too far in deciding to keep stuff that we probably should have gotten rid of. Probably, I mean, you think about gates and cattle panels and bulk feed bins. That stuff I say keep. Yeah, because it's 
infrastructure that if you sell it on Craigslist, you'll get a tenth of what Yeah, but it travels worth. well because it's metal. Flat and metal. <laughs> yeah, things like chicken tractors that were already needing repairs. Yeah. But had emotional value that, and they were hard to get rid of. Yeah. Probably should have gotten rid of those. Looking back, we definitely could have made more, left more. And the reason we know this is if you're following along on our YouTube channel, you know, we just did another enormous simplification here at the homestead. We just got rid of how many dumpsters full of stuff? Oh, a lot. <laughs> and that's on top of how many trips of the van full to Goodwill. To Goodwill, yeah. And how many, like, giving stuff to people and free on Craigslist. We, we here at the new homestead, have a big... Uh, garage that we cleared out and it was full of lots of things and we were able to get rid of a lot of things one way or another so force yourself be really strict don't move in stages whatever you can take on that one exodus out of your one farm to the next and everything else Ooh, just, just do it once Almost there, dudes. Oh man, long, long day in the car, but we're almost there. Another issue we had was our moving date came up so quickly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, while we're messing with all the, the animals, the goats and the cows, um, I was milking the cow. Oh, that's right. We were feeding the baby goats, the cow's milk. So we yeah. needed to milk the cow to feed the goats, plus raising these chickens and then figuring out up to a certain point, we thought we were going to butcher the chickens ourselves. Oh, man. So we kept all that equipment to butcher chickens. We decided to take them to the butcher because in the end, we have moments of sanity. <laughs> We were not ready to move when we said we were moving. Yeah, no. It, it moved, We actually had to move our moving date. Fortunately... We moved our closing date. Oh, that's right. We had to move the closing. We could not get everything done. And that, fortunately, our buyers were sold. They just wanted the place. It didn't mess things up. But that yeah. could mess things up. So if you are able to, if you're moving a homestead, bump it, shoot for a week early because it was so overwhelming and we just weren't there. Yeah, plus all the house fixes we had to do for... You know, people always have requirements, yeah. like um, even the mortgage company they're working with wants to see a handrail down the basement stairs. Okay, so we had to do that stuff, plus the farm stuff, yep. plus you had to work. I had the kids. Yeah. and It was enormous. I mean, that's a good point to bring up. When you're moving, I was still working, running this business, Homesteady, but less. I definitely didn't produce at full 100%. Which meant there was a drop in income. And when you move, you're going to spend money on moving, just moving, you know, trailers and trucks. You're going to take a lot of time off of work, so you're going to lose money. So another good bit of advice we have if you're planning on moving a homestead, uh, make sure financially you're ready for that. Yeah. Because it's going to bring on uh, another good thing we liked doing was uh, take out and frozen food because 
the workload was already here. So yeah. to ask you to like then make dinner on Didn't top seem of reasonable, it. Didn't seem reasonable, huh? No, but there's another added expense. Yes. So just know as you get into the... Especially the, because you've, you've packed everything. Oh, man. If you're leaving in that week, you've got all your kitchen stuff packed. Yeah. What am I going to cook on? You know, it's one of those things. Yeah. That's that last box you have loaded in the truck and you're like, why is there like a pillow and a frying pan all in the same box? The last box is pretty funny, yeah. (laughs) Uh, I was going to say also legal papers for the animals. Right. So moving a homestead across state lines, you're going to get the ball rolling early. You need some vet checks. Mm -hmm, But not too early. Not too early. Right. the certs will expire. (laughs) You need to get your vet. Some like states, it's like 100 days. or 30 days yeah. or something like that. You have to have the vet come out and see your big livestock, make sure they're healthy, and certify it. Give we anyone vaccines if they need it. So the cows needed that. Did the goats? I don't think they needed any vaccines, but she needed to, like, say what animal it is, yeah. make sure their tattoo matches, you know. You need all this for the interstate travel in case you get pulled over, and they're like, what are you carrying at around yeah. here? And it was one of those things a couple farmers said to me, like, oh, I wouldn't worry about it. I would just go. But we didn't want that added stress. We yeah, didn't want to be. Yes, we were a caravan. I mean. Oh, yeah. We definitely brought attention to ourselves. A ridiculous. The first trip down, we had a vehicle with a trailer with in the oh, back yeah. of that trailer was kayaks, a one ton feeder bin, live goats. Yes, and with like, bales of hay bales surrounding of them and a big tarp over <laughs> oh, it. Oh man! So we were like the Beverly Hillbillies. And then that was the Penske truck, right? Yes. So in addition to the full van and trailer with all that weird stuff, we also had a <laughs> big, big yellow, giant <laughs> big yellow, yellow truck. Penske truck. Like obviously, something was happening here. Yeah. So you're gonna pull attention to yourself, and it's just one less thing to be worried about. Don't worry oh, yeah, about I, getting pulled I, over. Yeah, I didn't want to stress no. about that. <laughs> Moving day, the actual day you're moving and the night before it, some good tips for that because that when you're moving livestock is a big ordeal. Livestock and children, which on moving day, they're pretty much the same thing, right? Livestock and children. You know, the kids are with you in the car and the livestock are in the trailer, hopefully. So the kids are smelly in the car, <laughs> livestock are in the trailer behind you. But they're all loud, chaotic, and need to be fed and watered and peed and pooped. Yeah. So pretty much the same thing. I look back on moving day. You're not going to appreciate this. Kind of like like having a baby. It It's a certain rush, and I understand why there are people who are just love moving, right? They love starting fresh. You're kind of like leaving behind the old place all empty and there's that rush of emotion and that excitement those endorphins as you're going to the new house like i i forget all the stress that's Mm. really involved and i just think oh that was that was so exciting moving i'm not sure you feel the same (laughs) 
It was exciting. It's it's like I watch those videos. Like this new world in front of us. Who knows what it's going to be like? Endless, yeah. On the on the verge of the move, the night before, the morning of, the first day there. There's endless. You moved for a reason. Hopefully, if it's to a new homestead, it's an exciting mm-hmm. one. And yeah, it was exciting. So moving day is kind of, kind of, just like you're buzzing with all those emotions. But on top of that, you got to remember to like pack water for livestock. Yes. So practically speaking, moving day. Lists. Oh yeah. So many lists. You, you got to think about your own thing. So what are you packing last that you're going to remove first? Last thing you pack that you remove first is your toiletries. Your clothes. Your toothbrushes. Emergency food. You don't want to arrive to your brand new homestead and your clothes are the first thing you pack. Yeah. You got to unpack everything. Uh, but livestock wise. You need to have, if it's a long drive like it was for us, water. And by long, we mean seven hours. So it's we could do it in a day. It wasn't even an overnight. No. But we still needed water for everybody. Yeah. We needed everyone to have hay. Hay and feed. Okay, here we go. The last video at Squash Hollow Farm. So the day of packing. Yes, the day of. Do we cover it all? Water, feed? Yes. Now tell me about your emotions. How did you feel? Uh, We have a good video on this, the day of. We, uh, if you go and watch it on our YouTube channel. But I did just find something really cool. I thought we would start the video. I did a little planning. This is, do you remember this? Our first business card ever. Our first business card ever. It is a free business card from Vistaprint. Squash Hollow Farm. Uh, If you like to read books, you know that feeling when you're getting towards the end of the book and you love the book and you're sad that you're getting towards the end of the book because you know at this point it's going to be over. That's where I'm at right now. At the end of the book. So let's, let's start with Squash Hollow Farm's story and then we'll get to the end of the book. That make sense? Yeah. Good. Let's go. We actually have some really cool drone footage of the car pulling away out of the house and down the road. And then you get the glimpse inside the car. And uh, yeah, I was crying. You were crying? Yeah, I was choked up. Did you walk through the house and say goodbye? It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of chaos the last day. There was so much to do just to get on the road. And that that last trip we did by ourselves, right? We didn't have anybody yeah, else. Yeah, it was just us. Following us. Um, we had everything packed the night before, so basically we woke up, grabbed the pillows we were sleeping on. Uh, yeah, through the mattress. I think we still had the mattress. I, yeah. I think I did. I needed a mattress. Yeah, you we didn't. You slept on the floor, I think. Ugh, awful. This is it. Final morning. Take the last few things and put them in the car. And... Uh, and hit the road. We're leaving leaving our farm for good. You take one good look at the house. And uh, we got in the car 
because you're loading up animals, they were loaded the night before, the cows. And what happened? This trip, it was the, cows, the cows on the livestock trailer. The set to go. The chickens, chickens, ducks, cows were all loaded we in the livestock everybody, trailer. caught everybody, loaded everybody. So we just woke up, we got in, uh, and we hit the road. And... I say bye to the house. Bye, bye house. Bye, house. Bye, house. Take a good look, dudes. Take a good look. Yeah, like, you know, I, I remember thinking that last day or two. Um, your house, you know, when like, this is kind of sad right now because it's actually happening. Uh, when your grandparents start to get old and they start looking older and like really old. Or maybe if you have a good friend that you, you know. You're someone you're close with and they're getting older and or sickly and suddenly they look not like themselves they're just like, like older and sick right mm -hmm. and you have so many good memories with them yes, say bye property bye property yeah. we got an egg So much happiness there, but when you see them, they don't—it's—it's it's a different person now. That's what the house felt like to me those last day or two because it was so empty. It was echoey. Yeah. There was nothing about us other than what we had done to the house. Uh, th there was so little left of us there and our family, and I had so many good memories. We weren't leaving there because we didn't love the place. We were leaving there to have a, a nicer homestead, a more, a, a better opportunity for my family. Uh, but I still was going to miss this place that we had spent. We were happy there. Yeah, and we'd spent the first seven years of our, you know, brought life. babies home there. So all the baby, well, except for the first one, all the rest were came home there. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember walking into the kids' room and seeing their names written on the closet door, <laughs> and just kind of like touching it because. You're not gonna like pull the the, the trim off the, trim the door. Off the <laughs> Sorry, buyers, get your own trim. No, you didn't see that in the paperwork. <laughs> We're taking this door. This one thing, and uh, but just I remember touching it and just like there's my little kids all grown up, and I have to leave that and all the memories tied up with it. We did take a picture of that. Yeah, we have so a picture. So that was nice, at least. And uh, the house we're moving into has your height on the doors. Yeah. So there's some serious lineage history there. But I remember walking through that house, touching it as I walked out, you know, feeling the walls and just all the memories and work tied up there. Getting everybody loaded in the car. And you can't even be, like, sentimental as you're loading kids into car no, seats. No, it's so... <laughs> you know, just pr you have to be practical. Honey, get your car Mommy. seat. Honey, buckle. Mommy, did you do this? Take your Mommy, coat off before you get in the thing. Mommy, I'm who hungry. wants a cheese stick? Mommy, we have to, there were like cheese your sticks. Water. So there's this oh, moment yes. of just like pure chaos. Yeah, like, you can't. I mean, as an adult, you could sit there and like think about it, but you've got four kids no. in, a, in a livestock trailer full of animals and a seven-hour journey ahead of you. Probably going to be eight because of all the stops. Oh and you're yeah. Like, Let's just do this. But once we were in the car and we started pulling out of the driveway and you're looking as you're leaving for the last time this property that will never again be yours. No. That's, and you, we did so much to it. Oh, man. We turned it into a homestead. It yeah. was just a, the home of an old woman who 
you know, she had lived her life there and had her whole story there. But to us, it was just a house owned by someone who had stopped working on it 20 years ago. Yeah. And we had turned it into this beautiful little homestead that we were now leaving. Yeah. And, and yeah, you're right. It's a weird feeling like this is not ours anymore. Like yeah. this place, which was only ours as long as we've known it. Now other people can just walk in this house and it's everything we've done. It's theirs now. Yes. So strange feeling. The day before, if I had walked around that house naked, it would be no totally problem. acceptable. <laughs> The next day, if I walk around this house naked, someone will call the cops. And they should, really. And that really lets you know when something's yours. <laughs> if you can walk around naked. <laughs> so it was yeah, very emotional. Yeah, I remember pulling out of our road, yeah. pulling out of our driveway onto our road. And our neighbors, you know, I've, we would all be like, bye, we won't see you again. Just waving to their houses. Bye, George. Yeah. You know, saying goodbye to everybody. Yeah. Say goodbye to Squash Hollow Road, Squash Hollow Farm, and on we go to Homesteady Farm. I got a car behind me, I gotta go. We went back once since, right? And drove, drove past by it. it. Yeah. And Didn't it was we? weird. Yeah. yeah because we remember they had their grill in a different place okay, and it was that's not weird. Where the grill goes. It was like, whoa, <laughs> they're like grilling there. That's crazy. Nobody grills there. <laughs> and it was that was and I wouldn't I wouldn't drive past it again for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, it's just too too much. Yeah. It's not easy uh, moving. The whole process is a ton of work. One it of, is yeah. taxing emotionally. One of the biggest stressors in life. If you're going through it, don't be surprised if you and the person you love more than anyone on the planet fight so much more than usual about such stupid things like which trip you're going to bring the goats down in, you know? like yeah, just about crazy stuff. One little parting advice we'll leave with you. Use this mantra. When you decide you're going to sell your homestead or your home and you're going to move somewhere else, remember this mantra, because moving. <laughs> when you're fighting more than usual, just remind yourself, because moving. When your kids are eating another box of mac and cheese, it's the third one of the day, <laughs> just because we're moving. When your bank account is scarily getting depleted lower and lower, because you're renting trucks and trailers and paying movers and because moving. There's so many things that it's going to affect. And that's just to get you there. Mm -hmm. The challenges keep coming the minute you arrive. So do good things. And that's what we're going to talk about in the next, next podcast. The challenges day one forward and uh, the good things too. I'm settling into your new homestead. We arrived, our, our trip there was without any big events. We pulled up into the new property and we had no idea how much work was still ahead of us. So we'll talk about that in the next episode. 
Good. Sounds good. Good. It was good to be back podcasting. We missed you on the podcast here. And if you want to get a lot more from Homesteady, check out our YouTube channel. Go to thisishomesteady.com. Join the email list so that you get updated when we throw new stuff out there and do new things. If you have any questions, we're doing a new thing on YouTube. It's new to you podcasters. We've been doing it for like six months. Uh, it's called Ask Homestudy. If you leave a comment on any of our videos with the hashtag Ask Homestudy, your question can be featured on the channel in one of the videos. So go check that out. Right now we have in the next month or two, there's going to be diary updates. We're going to be sharing, catching everyone up. Uh, are we going to bring back interviews? Are we going to change it up at all yes. how many episodes we'll get into that more in, in a couple episodes yeah. um what can you expect as far as the number of episodes we were releasing one a month back when we left and right now the goal is to keep doing one really good episode a month so if you're having withdraw from home study in between every episode check out the youtube channel because there's five videos a week going out there all right good sounds good all right we're going to shut it down we will talk to you the next episode, Homesteady officially season two. We're calling this season two. Uh, the next episode is going to be about arriving to your new homestead. If you are a fan of the Homesteady podcast, if you have been missing it and you're so glad it's back, please consider becoming a Homesteady pioneer. There's no more reliable way for us to fund this program and be able to produce this program than with the support of our members. In return, you get instant access to over 20 pioneers only episodes of the podcast you can download them with one click a zip file that goes right to your hard drive and then put them on your phone and enjoy listening to them while you drive uh, and then there's a lot of other bonus classes and videos for you to watch so head on over to thisishomestudy.com to learn more about that or click on the link below your podcast description or the youtube video if you're watching that we thank you so much for your support in an upcoming episode, we're going to talk a lot about what it was like to move to Pennsylvania in those first few weeks and months. So enjoy that. And remember, until next time, the road is rocky. Make home steady. <laughs>